0: Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Wednesday, the 13th of July. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, of course, you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening to this on a podcast podcast, wherever you are in this wonderful world of ours, then you can head on over to the themarcustoday.com.au website whenever it's convenient for you and read the disclaimer there. And, of course, sign up for a free two-week trial if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple. We'd love to have you as part of the Marcus Today community. All right, well, another lackluster night in the U.S. markets. Ahead of this all-important CPI number, we did see a late sell-off in U.S. markets and certainly uh, some commodities were under pressure last night in a big way. The Dow Jones fell 193 points, or 0.62%, 30,981. The Nasdaq was down 0.95%, 108 points, 11,265. And the S&P 500 was in the middle for diddle, but only just 0.92%. Thirty-six points, thirty-eight, at nineteen for the S&P 500. The VIX index poked its head up a little bit, up four point two eight percent, or one point to twenty-seven. But it was very much a late sell-off in the U.S. market. Some uh, results coming out this week, of course, the US banks kicking off results season, so some fears about that. And once again, the market is being dominated by recession fears. That is despite that huge jobs number on Friday, unemployment in the US at record lows. Still, uh, the market is still preoccupied with the horror ...of a recession looming. So that is very much front and centre at the moment. Interest rate rises, of course, will be dependent on that inflation number... ...which comes out on Wednesday, their time. So they'll be getting that tonight, Uh, that CPI. Most analysts are looking for an 8.8% read, which would be quite um, alarming. Anything more than that would uh, send the market into a bit of a fit. Anything less than that may uh, give the market reasons to rally slightly. Our SPY Futures... Absolutely zero, nothing, 65.06, no point. Uh, we had uh, no move last night, but we'll see how it goes today. But given that we had big falls in commodity prices, you would imagine the resource sector is going to be on the nose again. We had Brent crude down 7.1%, dollars sixty one We've seen a big, big fall in oil prices, as uh, something that I wrote about many times in the newsletter. Keep an eye on oil prices because that does take a lot of the pressure off the inflationary outlook. Of course, the number we get from the U.S. tonight uh, will be looking back rather than looking forward. So uh, that won't be taking into account the big drop in oil prices and the drop in petrol prices at the pump in the U.S. WTI down 7.93%, $8.2695.84. And the gold price down $7.83.45%, $17.24.80. And the iron ore price coming under all sorts of pressure at the moment due to China back in lockdown in many parts of China again because of COVID, which is now starting to rear its head in Australia as well with uh, uh, some of the state governments contemplating compulsory mask mandates again, although rejecting them. Uh, but iron ore down 3.1%, $3.46 to one oh eight nineteen. Not good news there for the BHPs of this world. Copper was down 2.9%, nickel down 2.4%, aluminium down 0.7%, zinc down 0.8, lead down 0.6, ton down 1%, and in US and UK mining stocks, BHP was down 1.8% in ADR terms. We had Rio down just over 1% in ADRs. Freeport mcmoran down 2.3%, Alcoa down 1.1%, Tech down at 3.2. Anglo American actually up 0.2. Glencore down 0.97. Vale down 0.9. And Arbermal down 2%. The Aussie dollar 67.58. And the US dollar euro went to parity for the first time in 20 years. The US dollar has been on an absolute tear. A lot of money flowing into the US dollar because recession fears around the world, especially in Europe, as the Ukraine war bites there. And a lot of safe haven buying at the moment of that U.S. dollar. Here you can see the S&P 500, uh, which um, actually was down at 0.9%. So that chart's wrong. Well done, Leighton. Um, but uh, we did have uh, the U.S. swooning in the last hour. Uh, Treasury sounding a recession alarm. And Musk has been accused of causing Twitter irreplaceable or irreparable harm. I have to say, it does look a complete mess there, a lawyer's picnic. In the US, some of the tech stocks uh, moving and shaking were Apple up 0.7, Meta up 0.2, Google down 1.4, Microsoft down 4.1, Amazon down 2.2, Tesla down half a percent, Netflix down 1.6, Twitter was actually up 4.3 percent. US banks marginally weaker ahead of results, and Block, the artist formerly known as Square, was up 2.8% and the federal reserves bullard and bostick says u.s economy can withstand higher rates and the bank of england governor andrew bailey says he expects inflation to fall sharply next year well good luck with that you've certainly knocked it out of the park as far as your forecast go so far mr bailey and the bank of korea poised for outsized rate hike with inflation at 23 year highs And the White House has even weighed into the whole inflation argument. Of course, President Biden very much on the nose at the moment with um, voters. The the White House anticipates June inflation report will be highly elevated. That's code for expect the worst and we'll try and get through this. But uh, U.S. recession fears stoked by patchy economic data. And Barclays economists say retail sales fell 0.4% month-on-month in June, according to card data. And despite step up in policy support, China's economy remains hamstrung by COVID uncertainty and the EU to cut economic growth outlook sees higher inflation. These guys are geniuses. German economic expectations sees further deterioration in July. And the survey shows UK recession threat is almost 50-50 from economists. And we did talk about that euro being parity with the US dollar. First time in 20 years that has happened what to expect today well we've got consumer confidence from our market at 10.30am we did see the ANZ Roy Morgan consumer confidence yesterday come in pretty weak again Uh, we also saw business confidence starting to come off but nowhere near what consumer confidence has come off so uh, we've got China June trade balance but I suspect our market will be very much focused on the fall in iron ore, the fall in commodities again and we will see further weakness. Once again, we're going to see lack of conviction, thin trading volumes as we have seen all this week as we still wait that CPI number from the US and, of course, US reporting season. So that's going to be crucial for us. We also get the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's policy decision expected today at around midday, and we are expecting a 50 basis point rise there in interest rates to 2.5%. So they are well ahead of the pack there. New Zealand gets up first, first market to come online, and it is the first of the developed economies that has been raising rates as aggressively as they have. Don't forget, the European Union has yet to actually move on rates. They've talked about it, they've thought about it, but they've yet to do anything about it. In Europe, we have the stock 50 up 0.4 of a percent, the FTSE up 0.2, CACs up 0.8, and DAX up 0.6. But that oil price is going to weigh a little bit today. But good news, I guess, for inflation. It's tumbling as concerns about global economic slowdown. And President Biden is scheduled to visit Saudi Arabia this week as well and hope to uh, get their relationship back on track. Big focus on Israel as well in terms of the Middle East policy the U.S. has. So wanting to integrate Israel far more in Middle East politics. But... um, Good luck with that one, Mr. Biden, but uh, all eyes will be on what he can get out of Saudi in terms of production ramp up, although it is suspected that Saudi has little room to move in production. Bank of America's commodity strategist Michael Widmer says iron ore's path of least resistance is lower. He's talking about $80 US a ton for iron ore. And Twitter is suing Elon Musk, obviously, for violating the $44 billion US takeover deal. And 10-year yields, the US 2.97, so once again we're seeing problems with that yield curve. Short-term rates are higher than long-term rates, which is pointing to a recession, and short-term rates to kill inflation, and then inflation uh, being killed, and then killing the economy, and as a result having to cut rates later. Australia, 3.41, that's come off a little bit. Germany, look at that, 1.13% now for their 10-year yield rates. That has come down a long way. That was around 1.6% a couple of weeks ago, so 1.13% now. Front page of the AFR today as well, bonuses are back. Nick Molnar and Anthony Eisen from Afterpay hitting the record for the year. Scored a $264 million bonus, most of which was tied up with nicely in-the-money options as a result of the takeover there from Block. And CSL was in second place with their CEO, uh, Periul, up uh, with $58 million bonus. Not bad for a stock that did pretty much nothing last year. And media reports mixed on the Dye and Durham bid for Link administration. There was some suggestion yesterday that Dye and Durham would walk away, Now, it has been suggested that Diane Durham may come back with a slightly increased offer and get the board over the line. Their last bid was $4.57 in cash. And COVID cases on the rise. Workers in some states being urged to stay at home. Victoria, one of those states, yesterday urging people to stay at home. And certainly uh, we are seeing a breakout of the new variant for COVID. So just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, turns out it isn't. Catmandu had a business update this morning. EBITDA now expecting the range of 88 to 94 million, and same-store sales for Kathmandu were up 7.3%. Looks like they've had a good winter for Kathmandu, and their sales promotions have been pretty much uh, well received by the market. So I'd be interested to see how that one reacts. But there was nothing particularly nasty in that report. Uh, mainly talk of inventory build-up may uh, be a little bit of a negative for the market. But otherwise, uh, the uh, positive outlook remained there for Kathmandu and Platinum Asset Management funds under management down to eighteen point two one billion from nineteen point five eight billion. Net outflows of three hundred and four million. All right. Question of the day today: Given Anthony uh, <laughs> Nick Molnar and Anthony Eisen have got uh, two hundred and sixty-four million dollars worth of bonuses. Uh, last year, what would you spend $264 million on? Uh, interestingly, I saw on CNBC today, Kathy Wood saying that rich people are suffering as well. I feel sorry for them and that uh, with asset prices coming down, mega house prices coming down and the stock market coming down, all those mega rich in the US, you have to spare a tear for them because they are suffering as well it's not just the man in the street it is the man in the mansion that that is suffering so what would you spend 264 million on yesterday we had mike cannon brooks's wife buying dunk island i fondly remember a great trip to dunk island back in the early 90s great little place in fact i actually won the dunk island karaoke contest there you go well that's it for me today thanks very much for listening head on over to marcus today's facebook discussion group we'd love to have your thoughts ideas and insights over there as usual if you're listening to this on a podcast we've got three other streams of consciousness that you can catch up on listen to there's the Marcus strategy podcast which is our fly on the wall market uh, meeting in the mornings our on the desk podcast where the team in melbourne talk about things financial and my on the couch podcast if you haven't yet listened to The latest on the couch, I would urge you to listen to it, is with the great guy Julian McCormack from Platinum Asset Management, who talks quite bearishly about what he sees as the outlook for financial markets, with a special focus on the US, I guess, in terms of their economy, the upcoming recession that he feels is there, and also how to handle it for investors. So it's really worth spending 45-odd minutes with Julian and getting uh, the counter-arguments to all those buy-and-hold people. Well, that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. May the trading gods be with you.